Welcome back to the 76 Capital Leadership Series. I'm your producer, James Santor. And on today's episode, we have former NBA player Roger Mason Jr. We hear all about Roger's awesome career, as well as what he's doing now in his post-career. Roger's done a lot of great things in the business world, including his company, Vaunt. And we're excited to share all that information with you. So enjoy the show. RushorderTees.com has been Philadelphia's number one customer apparel company since 2002. Whether you need one or a thousand shirts, Rush Order Tees can handle any order on any deadline. Start designing online today in their online design studio or give them a call at 1-800-620-1233. That's RushorderTees.com, Philadelphia's home for custom apparel. Welcome to the 76 Capital Leadership Series. My name is Wayne Kimmel, and I'm your host and also managing partner of 76 Capital. I am really excited that you took your took some time to join us for today's conversation with, and we have a really, really special guest. But before we get to that, real quick, as you all know, our 76 Capital Leadership Series is all about bringing on the entrepreneurs, the investors, the executives, all of the people that are really looking to push the sports industry forward and do the next, next thing. And that's what we're all about at 76 Capital. Of course, this show wouldn't be possible without the help of our producer back at the station, James Santor. Follow James at James Santor. You can also follow me at Wayne Kimmel all across the internet, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, and Instagram. And of course, if you're an entrepreneur or you want to do something that's truly looking to push the sports industry forward, reach out to us at 76 Capital on all those same social channels, whether it's at 76 Capital, at Wayne Kimmel, or reach out to James as well. We are look, looking to hear from you, talk with you, and see how we can all work together and build something really special in the sports industry. So let's get to it. We have a great guest today on our 76 Capital Leadership Series. It is Roger Mason Jr., the co-founder of Vaughn, the former deputy executive director of the NBPA. He has also, also played in the NBA for a number of years. We're going to talk about that. He's a UVA grad and... Just a really good guy. Really excited to welcome uh, Roger Mason Jr. to our 76 Capital Leadership Series. Welcome, Roger. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Wayne. Happy to be here. Uh, really excited to have you on the show. And look, and not please don't forget if you're out there watching or listening, you got to follow Roger Mason Jr. at Money Mace. He's a great follow and someone that I, I think a lot of you will really enjoy hearing all the things that he has to say um, in, in the world today across all different types of, um, of things. So that's what we're going to do here on our show, on our 76 Capital Leadership Series. We're going to look to sort of talk about all the things that Roger has done, not only just on the court and now in the business world, but also when he grew up and, what, and kind of where he was able to go from his his beginnings um and and that's what i'd love to hear roger you know like, i'd love to hear where you grew up um and 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 kind of the the backstory before you went off to to uva yeah no sure wayne um so i, I grew up in washington dc um i grew up uh, my dad was an ophthalmologist mom was a, actually a latin uh, scholar and a nurse and um uh it was a great place to grow up you know i, I went to school with chelsea clinton at sidwell friends um, transferred to Good Council High School. Um, basketball became my passion. My dad passed when I was 10 years old. And, and uh, I really gravitated to basketball as an escape. 
Um, and before you knew it, um, I was uh, pretty good, played AAU basketball with the DC Blue Devils and um, had scholarship offers from pretty much everywhere and, and chose to go to UVA so I, I could be uh, away but still be close enough to home where my, my, my mom could come see me play um, and things like that. So I uh, love the DC area. The talent when I played um, in the Catholic DC Catholic League was, was incredible um, and it was a good time. Were there any, um, did you have any specific mentors or coaches that were, were really influential in your, your early development as a basketball player? Yeah, definitely. You know, I think, uh, you know, my, my AAU basketball coach, Rob Jackson, was a huge inspiration for me. Um, when I was at Good Counsel, the coaches there, Joe McCall, Tim McKenna, and especially Steve Howes, who, of course, went on to be the head coach of the Catholic University. There's so many, so many different people along the way that help you get to where you are. You know, it's, it's never just one person. It's never just the player. Um, you, you get a lot of help along the way. And, and I definitely had some great coaches and mentors to help me get to this point. And then you went on to UVA playing in the ACC and, you know, had a lot of success there. What were some of the things that you kind of remember, you know, some of some great times that you had at, at UVA, whether that was on the court or even, you know, being being on that amazing campus in Charlottesville? Yeah, I mean the campus was great. UVA was a it was an, a great experience, great college to to uh, to attend. Um, as far as on the basketball court, you know, anytime we played Duke, um, and you know the 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 uh, students would be out camping weeks before the game to get the best you know seats in the house, and um, we had a couple of t games against Jay Williams and Duke where uh, we upset them, and you know the crowd stormed the court and things like that. So that was memorable. On the flip side. Um, you know, we were very early uh, playing against Gonzaga in the NCAA tournament, and we were uh, a five seed somehow, which was which was ridiculous. And they were, I guess, what the nine seed, or you know, it was one of those um, those those uh, seedings that didn't make sense, and people didn't realize that Gonzaga, although they may be considered a mid major, they are a powerhouse themselves. And so we got upset at the buzzer, and that's probably one of the toughest memories I have at Virginia, losing in the first round of Gonzaga. Um, but overall, it was a great experience. I had a lot of fun uh, going to that school. So then you went on and, you know, fortunate, you know, you were, a, you got picked in the, the NBA draft in, in, in 2002 as the, the 31st pick in the draft in, in, the, in the second round. I mean, the second round, but, but 31st pick over, overall. I mean, that must have been unbelievable. And what was that, what an experience, what was it like, you know, yeah, you know, honestly, you know, the draft for me was uh, bittersweet um, because I left early, um, projected to be a top 14 pick. And in my first workout, I dislocated my shoulder and tore my labrum. So uh, it, it was one of those things where I'd already committed to come out, but it all worked out, you know, well. I ended up playing 11 years in the NBA and I had a, a great career and I met a lot of great people. Well, you know, I'll tell you, 11 years in the NBA is, is really special. I mean, it's just, you know, as, as the it's certainly a lot more than the the usual career or the average career of, of an NBA player. And and congratulations on all that. And, you know, you had the opportunity, you know, and, and I guess I'd look at it as more of a I guess now kind of looking back is I wonder how you felt feel about how you. You know, you were you played on a lot of different teams. You got to experience a lot of different cities, a lot of different coaches. And from a, a business perspective, from a, a networking and relationship perspective, I'm sure that was great. But it was probably tough at the same time switching, you know, going from city to city to city. Uh, what, yeah. what was that like? 
you know, I got seven teams in the NBA that I played for. So that's seven different cultures that I got to learn, seven different ways that organizations from the top down operate, right? Different networks in those cities. And then I also had a year where I played in Israel. So living in Jerusalem um, in 2006, before there was high speed internet and before the world was as connected as it is now, but it really gave me a chance to understand a different culture. Uh, I did Shabbat dinners with a Jewish family that I lived with at times over there. And, uh, you know, just being in a place with, three of the the you know major religions it was a great experience yeah can you explain what the crowds are like as compared to what the crowds are like here in the US well you i mean it's no comparison right so it's uh you know before i played in israel i played in greece for 5 months with a team called olympiakos now you're either born a fan of olympiakos or you're born a fan of panathinaikos they are arch rivals so you know you go to the arena first of all at the time people are smoking cigarettes in the stands so you got a, a heap of smoke everywhere before the tip-off starts. Then you've got people throwing batteries, throwing, you know, whatever they could get their hands on down at the court because they hate the other side that much. Yeah, I always I always use the example of saying it's, it's a little bit, and I'd love to see what you think about this, a little bit like a college basketball game at the highest of levels, like a Virginia Duke game, plus a European soccer crowd. And you put 100%. them together. 100%. And they're singing and they're you know, <laughs> yep, spot on, spot on. What a career you had in, uh, from a basketball perspective. I mean, when you think back across the, the basketball days, you know, are there, were there um, certain coaches or, or executives that you got to know that have been um, influential in your career now as you're, as you're off the court and you're doing things in the, in the business world today? Yeah. You know, I, I think the first thing that comes to mind for me is uh, the Spurs with uh, Coach Popovich and, and definitely R.C. Buford. Um, R.C. Buford welcomed me and, and Pop with, with open arms. Um, but being able to see how they run their organization, the professionalism, um, but also understanding that, you know, some things are bigger than basketball. Uh, Pop, I think, is great with that, with just his uh, outtake on, on the world. You know, there's a, a number of things that, you know, I think a lot of people have given you credit for um, as in bringing, you know, health care and increased benefits to retired players uh, while you were there. But you know, maybe to also talk, just talk about your, your time there and, and some of the other, you know, some of the experiences and things that you had while you were the uh, deputy executive director there. Yeah, I mean, it was a humbling experience. You know, I, I may have quit playing a little bit early because it was a once in a lifetime opportunity. And um, I just thank Michelle Roberts and the players for putting me in a position to help um, be of service to them. Um, we did a lot of great things, and Michelle and her staff continue to do great things. You mentioned the healthcare. Um, you know, that really, again, the players got to get the credit for that, right? Because we did a collective bargaining agreement, and the TV money had just hit. And so all these guys were going to be getting paid more money than any, anyone had ever thought of. And so it really was great for them to say, you know what, let's take a little bit of this money that we're getting and put it to the side and let's take care of the generation that helped us get to this point through healthcare." And that's really how it happened. And then the NBA saw what the players were willing to do and, and they contributed their half. And so here we have it. If you play, you know, three years in the NBA, you're covered for life. And uh, that really is a testament to Chris Paul and all the executive committee members that got that ratified. Creating programs was a big part of my job. So uh, I have a passion for the transition of basketball for NBA players. And so um, I created a real estate symposium, a tech symposium. We actually did that in conjunction with Jeff Jordan um, and Dreesen Harowitz. 
uh, out in San Francisco. We, we created the first ever MBPA Tech Summit, um, which was a great success. We did uh, stuff on entrepreneurship. So, you know, really focused on helping players start thinking about what their transition looked like, uh, figuring out, you know, do they want to do coaching? We had a coaching program, a general manager program. So really putting putting together programs to help players as they look through their transition was another big part of my role. You know, it's interesting. Your playing career, in a way, really set you up for this this type of position. Because, again, you got the opportunity to play in a lot of different cities, on a, different, a lot of different teams, got an opportunity to play with and against so many different um, guys over over the years, were there, were there any guys that you you still really you know stay very in, in close touch with or really enjoyed playing with? Yeah, you know, one of my favorite teammates was the guy that I looked up to actually as a as a high school player, and that's Ray Allen. Um, and Ray was instrumental in me signing with the Heat my last year and um, making that team that had just won two championships in a row. Really, one of my biggest accomplishments, I think, is. Uh, you know, it's tough to go to a team that's already won it twice and um, are pretty settled. But, you know, for me, uh, Ray inspired me, you know, as a shooter and uh, an opportunity to play with him, play with LeBron and D Wade and Bosch and all of those great, great players. Um, he's somebody that I still stay in touch with. Tim Duncan was great to me. You know, my days at the Spurs were my first year starting in the NBA and uh, hearing my name called with that guy was uh, surreal. Uh, so he's still somebody that I really, uh, you know, talk to and, and uh, keep in touch with at times. Planning your next corporate event or need branding apparel for your business? RushorderTees.com is Philadelphia's home for custom apparel. Rush Order Tees can handle any order on any deadline. Give them a call today at 1-800-620-1233. Start designing online in their state-of-the-art design studio at rushordertees.com. Well, you certainly have had the opportunity to play with some some of the elite players, um, not only just in, in your generation, but across, you know, the NBA in in general, right? And, you know, when you're in, you know, you guys were tra traveling all over the country together, you know, in the locker room, you know, in during off, you know, kind of, you know, when it's off season or just kind of spending time with them, were there were there conversations about the off-court uh, opportunities like you were just describing as you're doing with the MBPA and kind of were people talking about what are we going to do next or how I'm going to, you know, get involved in different types of businesses or opportunities? Were those kind of conversations? Did you have those kind of conversations? Yeah, you know, what's interesting, Wayne, is unfortunately for me um, at the time, and I guess it was a good and bad thing, I've always had an entrepreneurial spirit. So, you know, I was pretty focused on creating other businesses while I played. Um, but it was actually looked at as, as a distraction, right? So like back then, you know, I had, you know, a few businesses and I would talk about it and it was kind of looked at as like, you're not focused on basketball. Um, and so, you know, I probably would have played a little bit longer if I didn't have the things going on off the court. But on the flip side, I would not have had my transition as smoothly if I hadn't starting really working on um, business types of things uh, off the court. Um, I think now it's a completely different day. I think players are their own brands. They're able to you know, show that they can do more than one thing. It's a completely different ball game. But back in my era, um, it was kind of frowned on to do other things outside of play basketball. You know, with social media, you know, exploding the way that it has over the last five to seven years um, and, you know, players understanding their value, 
Um, I think it's a beautiful thing. Um, it's, I think it's also good for the league. I think it's uh, it's good for for all parties involved. Look, the more NBA players, NFL players understand business, and and it, it helps the product um, overall anyway. So it's, I think it's a great thing. Maybe you could tell the viewers a little bit about the the pictures that you have behind. Yeah. You. So this uh, this one right here is my USA Basketball days. I uh, I was fortunate to to represent the country um, in China, Beijing against Yao Ming. We played in the World University Games, and uh, we played the semifinals against Yao um, back in 2001. Um, so we ended up losing by one at the buzzer. Uh, so we won a bronze medal in that one. But that's the jersey you see there. Um, over here, I've got my Bulls 31 jersey. That's the that's I was drafted 31, so I changed my number to 31. I've got over on this side my Wizards number eight jersey. And then over here, I've got uh, my Spurs eight jersey as well, and then my high school uh, good counsel jersey. So I got a I got a few in my office here uh, as well. So after you know you're you know playing in the, in the NBA in the NBA, going to you know you're at the NBPA. You mentioned you were doing a, bun a number of things off the court and in business as well. Um, Tell us sort of about your your journey from there to to where you are now as a, as a co-founder of Vaughn and, and what you're doing. Yeah. So like I said, man, you know, really diving into the, the group licensing rights and understanding the value of players and other opportunities that players may be able to do off the court really got me curious as a, you know, an entrepreneur. And uh, after we did our last collective bargaining agreement, um, I kind of knew um, that I wanted to maybe step out and do something entrepreneurial. I had decided to go back to school. So I went to Columbia Business School and uh, enrolled in the executive MBA program, which was great. Um, I did that for a year. And then I said, you know what? Um, let's go ready. Let's go ahead and start Vaughn. And as I was starting Vaughn, I got a call um, from Ice Cube's uh, business manager saying, look, you know all the players. Um, you've been talking about doing some three on three stuff. Um, and would you be our commissioner and president and help us start a league? So, um, he said you could do Vaughn at the same time. And um, I said, you know what, let's go for it. So I created the official rules of the big three. Um, I helped raise the, the initial capital along with the partners there, uh, put together kind of the whole schedule, created the draft. Um, we created a league and it was a, a wonderful opportunity. Um, it was a great thing to do at the time. Um, like some things, they don't work out. And, and um, we kind of split our, our separate ways after a couple of years. But very proud of, of at least starting that league. Um, but what I realized at the time is, you know, for me to really have the success I needed, I needed to focus on Vaunt full time and uh, not have any other things distracting me. So it was almost a blessing in, in disguise. And uh, we started Vaunt full time about three, four years ago. Um, and it's been uh, it's been great ever since. With Vaunt, we are uh, we're finalizing a partnership with FIBA that we're very excited about. Um, that we'll, we'll be announcing soon. But but yeah, I, I think I'm bullish on on three on three overall. Um, I think it's going to be great in the Olympics this year. So Vaughn is a sports and entertainment uh, content and IP development platform. So we create live competitions. Uh, these competitions can be bet on. They can be sponsorship and media rights for those competitions and franchises. Um, and then we also create content for streaming services, for media platforms, for networks. Um, an example of one of the things that we've done recently is the the Facebook World Pong League with uh, Post Malone. Um, and so that was Celebrity Bear Pong. 
with uh, different celebrities like you know Megan Fox and Machine Gun Kelly and Quavo and uh, Chainsmokers and just so many great celebrities that we created that content with uh, that lived on Facebook Watch. It was an eight-figure deal, um, and it was a great deal for us to do. And we got a number of deals we're working on now um, that we're super excited about, but uh, we essentially create content and media and IP around athletes and entertainers. You know, a lot of you know professional athletes and and entrepreneurs have very similar types of traits and have very similar type. You know, you have because you have to be able to, you know, be extremely as you said, be able to persevere. You have to be able to, you know. Once you get knocked down, you got to get back up. You got to keep moving forward. You got to keep right. whether you know whether it it you know from a when you're I guess when you were playing and it was on the court, it could be a situation where it hurt or it got hurt or had to you know you just had to get back up and you get knocked down. You got to keep moving forward in a similar kind of a situation in business when things aren't going exactly your way. You got to figure it out and you can't just quit. And if you do, then forget about it. But I mean, is that something that you you think about as well? hundred percent. You know, I, I think big time, you know, one of my best friends is a partner at Goldman and he's one of the most competitive people. So I think the competitiveness is also something that's uh, very beneficial in business. But, you know, I tell players and, and former players and current players all the time that the same intangibles that have made them great in sports. Right. You know, I, I'm a I love the Malcolm Gladwell uh, book about 10,000 hours. You spend enough time on something. Um, you become an expert at it. And I think in, in, in this case, you know, I love what I do. And if you love what you do, it doesn't feel like work. And so you're going to put more time into that. And you're going to have all the intangibles that made you great in basketball, right? Like you're told no, or, you know, the market changes and research shows that something else is working better, right? It's no different than a defensive scheme that's not working. And we got to make an adjustment in game. And, you know, you don't have a lot of time to make that adjustment. And the consequences are you're going to lose the game. No different in business with us, right? If if that pandemic hit and we didn't make the adjustment, then our company would have been in trouble. So I think having the mindset that, you know, we got to try on different shoes and see what works. Um, we got to be able to be nimble and, and figure out the best path forward. And um, I think there's so many um, intangibles that kind of go back and forth with uh, sports and business. As you start to think about the as the growth of Vaughn and what you guys are looking to go do, uh, are, you know, we have a great you know, viewership audience here and, and, and uh, listenership that, you know, listen to our podcast. Are there, are there things that, that, that potentially our audience can help you uh, grow your business? Are there ways that, you know, you are interested in, in, in reaching out to people right now? Because certainly, you know, using these types of, of, of resources or ways that we've certainly found a number of our guests have really helped. It's really helped grow their business as well for, for being on, on our, our 76 capital leadership series. Yeah. Wayne, I really appreciate that. Um, first and foremost, thank you for one, having me on the show. Um, and, uh, we've, we've known each other for a few years now and always a gentleman and, and love what you're building. Uh, first of all. So thanks for that. Um, I think for us, you know, it's really going to be about awareness. We've tried to stay under the radar, and I think that's about to end now. We've got some big announcements that we're making. We've got some live competitions um, that will be coming to the forefront here shortly that, um, you know, quite frankly, we're we're an engine to create alternative competitions that can be bet on. Um, and so um, as we start rolling out uh, these different competitions, just getting the word out, um, I think everybody saw the Mike Tyson, Roy Jones Jr. competition with pay-per-view. And if you think about Bont, we're creating a lot of things like that outside of fighting. 
um, with some of the other sports. But um, I'd say that, you know, just getting awareness out, um, you know, as far as the actual company and the business, we are uh, just closing a series A. It's, it's uh, already oversubscribed. So I think we're going to be pretty good there. But um, outside of that, it's really just um, kind of opening ourselves up to the world and letting everybody know what we're doing because uh, we haven't done that yet. What was it like and what was it like as a player when people would speak about betting and sports betting? What, what, what kind of what people what would people say to you about that? Or Yeah, well, I had a lot of play, people, you know, I had one year that I led the NBA in game winning shots. So uh, that was one of my biggest accomplishments in 2008, 2009 season. I had more game winning shots than anybody, which is crazy to me. But uh, one of those games was on Christmas Day which is apparently a big day that people bet. I, I don't, you know, whatever. Um, and so we were down by two and I hit a shot against Phoenix. And and so I had so many people coming up to me, either telling me that I made them a lot of money or telling me that I was the Grinch that stole Christmas, right? So that was, uh, was kind of funny. And then um, that same year, I was fortunate to be a part of All-Star Weekend and play in the three-point contest. And so uh, that had been my dream since I was a kid. So I'm getting ready to go up to start the competition and Spike Lee comes to me and he's like, right. And I've never met Spike Lee before. And he comes to me and he's like, my money's on you today. And I looked at him and laughed, but uh, it gave me a little anxiety. I'm, I'm not going to lie. Prior to when PASPA was overturned, which was the law that basically said that you could not, could only have sports betting in the state of Nevada as a player you weren't, weren't allowed to really even, you know, not only not go to into a casino, but, you know, go to into a sports book and place a bet. I mean, God forbid you did that, right? I mean, that would have, you know, your career could have been over. And now all of a sudden there's this tight relationship between the leagues and the teams. And I mean, it's just, it, it, it must be, it must be crazy for you to even think about that today. You know, it is. Um, but the good news is, is players are making so much money that, uh, you know, you don't worry about the same types of things that you used to back in the day, right? So I think that's one thing. I think technology um, is a big part of the sports betting world and being able to have information on everyone that's placing bets and being able to trace it. I think, you know, it's protecting the players um, that way. Um, and then overall, it's a big point of emphasis, both with the Players Association and the NBA. So I think that because of that, they've, they've been in front of a lot of the, you know, maybe pitfalls and, and cautionary tales that could could happen with the sports betting. You know, I think it's going to it's going to be what drives media um, over the next decade. You know, Roger, I got to ask you, you know, when you look into your, you know, the look into the future, I mean, you've achieved so much in your in your short life, whether that's, you know, playing at UVA, your NBA career the NBPA, what you did with the big three, now with Vaughn, what does the future look like to, to you? What do you, what do you? How do you want to kind of leave this, you know, your your mark um, on the on, on the world? Yeah, you know, first and foremost, I, uh, it, for me, it's about, you know, treating everybody uh, with respect and, and leaving a legacy where I'm known as a, a solid human being, uh, God-fearing man. From a business standpoint, um, you know, I, I want to build Vaughn up to be a, a, a very valuable media platform. Um, so that's the number one goal there. And then, and then we'll see. You know, I, I have a passion towards helping athletes and players. Um, I have an entrepreneurial spirit and I, and I love business. So um, there are a lot of, lot of things that could happen from, from that point. 
Well, we certainly wish you a ton of luck. Uh, we want, you know, hopefully Vaughn is, is successful and, and does all the things that you wanted to do. Um, you look, you're a good guy, and I know that you're you're trying to make the world a better place out there, and that's and that's obvious with all the things that you do, and we we certainly appreciate that. You know, and if you're a viewer or a listener of this show, follow Roger Mason Jr. at Money Mace. He's someone that you want to want to you know track, you know, and see all the things that he's doing in his career post playing in the NBA, and uh, is is really a someone that a lot of the current players. Um, should really keep an eye an eye on and and, and kind of look up to and as all the things that you're able to do now post your career. So, for uh, I really again appreciate you joining our show, Roger. I wish you a lot of success and and health, and hope everyone uh, does you know gets through this this crazy pandemic. And uh, again, thank you so much for joining. Appreciate you having me, Wayne. You guys keep up the great work. Um, I'm a subscriber to the. It's a 76 capital. So always great information and uh, love what you guys are building. Awesome. Thanks so much. And everyone stay tuned to for all the rest of the shows that we're doing here on our 76 capital leadership series as we go out and we look and talk to all of the leaders in the sports industry, including the athletes, the entrepreneurs, all the executives out there. And again, thank you to Roger Mason Jr. for joining us on this week's 76 capital leadership series. In Philadelphia, reputation is key. No one knows that better than RushOrderTees.com. RushOrderTees has proudly printed high-quality custom apparel in Philly since they started in 2002. They take printing as seriously as their love for Philly sports, cheesesteaks, and that statue outside the art museum. No matter the order size or deadline, RushOrderTees has you covered. Start your design today online or give them a call at 1-800-620-1233. RushOrderTees.com, Philadelphia's home for custom apparel.